Do you sometimes struggle with making sense of these interest rates? Because you hear about the Fed raising rates, but then it doesn't affect the mortgage rates. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. You joined us here on Beyond Real Estate with Jalik discussing this topic at hand, and we want to dig into the Fed. And again, the recent news of them raising their rates and how that somehow doesn't have an effect on the mortgage rates. We want to also address the return of ARMS, that is adjustable rate mortgages, and also balloon mortgages. Are they even a good option for those looking to get into a house these days? And then borrowing power. I think this is always a relevant topic and just a good reminder for everyone looking to buy a house that the HELOC is another option if you have equity in your house to say, is now a good time pertaining to my borrowing power based on what the interest rates are. So join us to discuss this topic further. Welcome to Beyond Real Estate with Jaylick, the podcast discussing parenting, real estate, and business. Every week we go in depth on how to become successful in life and business. Nick, take it away. So Jalen, why don't you take that first bullet point with the Fed raising rates recently and how that apparently does not affect mortgage rates and actually mortgage rates went down make sense of that for myself and everybody listening out there? A great question. I know that a lot of people have a lot of confusion with this. And if you listen to the news, they have no idea what is going on either. You don't hear it too much in the news that interest rates decided to go down. Even the Fed went up. They just tell you the Fed went up. So the Fed went up and interest rates went down purely because the interest rates already went up, knowing that this interest rate hike was going to happen. Earlier this year, the Fed already warned us that they were going to have at least three interest rate hikes sometime in the year. And that's why in that February, May timeframe, we had interest rates go up by, shoot, in one week, half a percent. Lenders that give out money for mortgages already took this Fed hike into account when they raised interest rates that last time. So they didn't really need to raise interest rates much higher in order to still turn the profit that they were wanting. So that is why we now see interest rates even dipping just a little bit because the Fed rate hike wasn't as bad as some of them. It wasn't a worst case scenario for them. So that's why we see interest rates staying the same or even dipping in some instances while the Fed rate increased this past week. So a little bit of a counterintuitive for those of you at home and that aren't in the industry day in and day out. So just one follow-up question, who then controls the mortgage interest rates, whether they go up, go down, knowing that, from what I've been told, does fluctuate literally on a daily basis? Yeah, hourly. It can be an hourly, but it is purely the lender, whoever's lending that money. Okay. So a lender can decide tomorrow that they want to give you a 2% interest rate. Now, the, I'm not going to get into the weeds of it, but they wouldn't make any money off of that because when they sell off your loan to whomever, they need to make sure that it's at a certain rate. Otherwise, they have to pay whoever they sell it off to money for that person to service it. That's why we see interest rates fluctuating, but generally staying around the same. And that's across the board. There's no lender that's significantly less than everyone else. There's no like lender. That, gas like, station. They're all owned yeah. by separate people, but you're going to see a fluctuation of a dime, a nickel but not $3. And that's because just like a gas station, you want the lowest interest rate possible. So more people want to come to you while still making a good enough profit to cover your overhead and turn a significant profit. So it's that game that they play in very similar to gas stations. If you're the highest person on the block, no one's showing up to your gas station. If you're the lowest person on your block, everyone's showing up, but you might not be making money at that point. So it's this fine balance that they all kind of stick around the same area for. And that's why we're actually starting to see 
to our next point here, rolling right into it, arms and balloon mortgages. But before I start explaining whether they're a good option or not, or all of the things of what a modern balloon mortgage and arm look like, Nick, as someone that's not in the mortgage industry, but still familiar with mortgages and mortgage terms, what are some perceptions that you and probably a lot of people have? when you hear the term arm or balloon mortgage? I can tell you it's a lot different today than, it, than if you would ask me that six months ago, a year ago, because of education, right? And I think that's a big difference today. We have access to all of this information. I think our realities should be much different than what they were in the mid-90s. When people, me personally, as maybe a prospective home buyer in 1995, I didn't have the same access to information that you had as a lender. So you could keep information, withhold information from me. And I think, unfortunately, that was the case more Happened so a lot. In, yeah. in the past. People would, they tell you the truth, they just wouldn't tell you the whole truth. <laughs> hey, it's a lower interest rate, but I'm not going to tell them the part that it's all due in a balloon payment in seven years, but it's a lower interest rate. And I think that's unfortunately where they got the bad rap. Nowadays, I know for a fact, lending practices have improved so much more. Why? Because people have so much more access to information to not be able to withhold things now. That's one of the great positives of technology and of doors being much more transparent nowadays is, yeah. is for that, to, for us to still have these products. But again, they're not as intimidating if you know what rules you're playing by and if everybody knows those rules, because I think they can be very good options. And it's interesting that some people choose to not even consider, I would consider it if I was a prospective home buyer, if I knew that a seven-year arm could get me a full percent lower of interest rate, I would 100% consider that personally. Not saying everybody should, but for me personally, I'm thinking, okay, that interest rate is going to fluctuate within the seven-year window, number one. So not if, but when it dips back down, it doesn't have to That's, dip 2%. Even yeah. if it dips a half a percent or three quarters of a percent, I'm talking to my lender and saying, hey, let's refi and let's yep. take advantage of that. Right. Yep. And now you get into your fix, 30 year fix, and you have those conversations. And let me quickly make one correction on what you said there. The interest rate doesn't change in that first term period. So if it's a seven year arm, that means those first seven years, you have a fixed rate. You have a right. fixed interest rate. You're not right. going to get any surprises. Correct. They can't change the interest rate on you. It's after that seven years. Then it right. starts adjusting depending on the loan. It can be every six months, it can be every year. Yep. varies there. But yeah, just wanted to make that quick clarification. Yes. You can fixed rate for that first term period. And then after that, it fluctuates and there's caps on that as well. So it's mm -hmm. not going to go up infinitely. There's a, right. both a ceiling and a roof for what the max can be in a single fluctuation and in a lifelong fluctuation. So yep. just things that weren't there all the time. And then where else? The other direction I was going to go with that real quick is Who's to say I'm even in the same house in seven years, right? People don't hang in the same place in the, for the same amount of time that we used to. And again, nope. that's not an everybody thing, but I know based on, again, job choice, some people yep. are in remote work right now that aren't going to be in remote work in three years time. And they're going to have a new career, maybe in a different city. And now that seven year arm, it played its role. Right? Military, Every, that's a sorry. big one. That's yep. a big one. You're stationed yep. somewhere for two years. Yep. Why do you need a 30-year mortgage with a higher <laughs> interest rate where you could have a five-year arm? You're never going to see the end of it. So yep. you have a lower monthly payment for those two years you're there. Yep. Arms and blue payments have had a fun life for the last 10 years. Years before COVID and all the craziness that happened there and historically low interest rates, they had a bad rep. Then COVID happened. 
super low interest rates, arms and 30-year mortgages were about the same. Again, they couldn't lower the interest rate anymore without losing money as lenders. So they were all about the same interest rate. So it didn't make sense. Oh, I can lock in for 30 years. I can lock in for five. I'll just lock in for 30. Maybe I do stay here longer. Who cares? It's the same rate. Now that we're seeing higher interest rates for a 30-year fixed, you're seeing ARM as being a lot more desirable. And with some interesting uh, marketing tactics, you're seeing those numbers a lot more. You just don't know it. Everyone that's offering that 4% interest rate, they're not telling you it's a three-year arm. They're just telling you that they have the lowest interest rate in town. Yeah, which little note to everyone, every lender can offer any rate. You just have to ask how much you have to pay to get it. So just don't be caught by that guy says I can get a lower interest rate. It's like, what interest rate? <laughs> how much are you being charged for it? But let's briefly talk, and we've already hit on this. Who are these good for? Because a seven-year balloon or a five-year arm. What's a balloon though, Jay? For the novice, maybe. Very similar to an arm in that you have a fixed rate payment or interest rate for the first however many years. It's usually seven, 10 are the most common ones that you see most people get. And then after that, you have to pay the whole mortgage, which is a scary concept. But in reality, if you have a good mortgage advisor, they're going to tell you a year before that's due. Hey, are you going to be staying in this house and will refinance you to a 30 year mortgage or are we going to sell? So you don't have to worry about the mortgage anymore anyway. Off of that point, when looking at these as potential options, think of how long you're going to be in that house. Here's a scenario that a lot of people don't think of. We're buying this house. We have some teenagers. They're going to be moving off to college. So I'm going to actually need to downsize in the next five to seven years. A seven-year fixed rate payment with a lower interest rate, a lot better than something that's a 30-year. I don't need 30 years. I want to downsize. So these types of options are really good for people who know that they're going to be in this house for a short amount of time. And the average person only stays in their house between seven to eight years. So even if you're like, no, this is my forever home, forever homes only last seven to eight years. It's honestly not a bad idea to go with an arm option, have a lower interest rate. And then if you end up staying in that house for a longer period of time, Great, you can do a 20-year mortgage, which have lower interest rates than 30-year mortgages. About, let's touch on balloon payments again. Give me an example of who that is an ideal option for. Yeah, balloon payments are really good for, one, people that know that they're going to be moving. So military or investors that are wanting to do a short-term hold. So they're going to buy a house. They're going to renovate it. They're going to rent it out for three or four years. And then at that point, they're going to sell it. Those are really popular with investors because it just, it allows them to do just that. At the end of that term, if they're like, hey, you know what? I'm actually making a good amount of money from this property. So I'm just going to keep it. And they refinance into a 30-year mortgage. Balloon payments are very popular with those types of people. The particular one that my company has is 10% down minimum, but no mortgage insurance. So there's usually some fun quirks like that balloon payments allow you to have. And that companies are more willing to take that little bit of risk because it's it's a short-term investment is the best way to look at it. The shorter the term, whether that's on an arm or a balloon, the better the interest rates because the banks understand that you aren't going to hold this for as long and you're paying all this interest up front, which a majority of your monthly mortgage payment is interest. So they're still making money off of it on the short term with lower interest rates. And they know you're going to refinance after that or you're going to have a higher interest rate once that arm ends or you're going to refinance with them again when that balloon is almost done. So right. it's a 
really is a win-win if you play it right. Sure. The banks are happy and so is your pocketbook. And I think ultimately those balloon loans and arms have gotten a bad rap because again, people just don't understand them. They know they're different. They know they're riskier potentially. What if I get stuck with a bad rate? Like you said, if you got signed up for a five-year arm, you start talking to your lender on year four to start mapping out (laughs) what your options are. Where are rates today? Where do they think potentially that they will be in six-ish months? And you start mapping that out. Or you can, like, there's no time limit. You get rates were brilliant and dropped dramatically in year two of that five-year loan. You talk to your lender. Like, there again, it just takes initiative and a conversation to know, again, where you're at. A hundred percent. And now let's talk about the biggest benefit that a lot of people don't talk about when it comes to arms and balloon payments, and that is going to be buying power. So when you have these loans, again, since they're shorter terms, they're not as risky of an investment for the banks. They want to incentivize you to get them. How do they do that? With lower interest rates. Now that you have a lower interest rate that you're getting qualified off of, you can qualify for more money when going out to buy. So in today's raising rate environment, or it's flattened out for the time being, as as long as nothing crazy has happened since this recording, but you're able to borrow more. And now when you go out and look, you're able to still put forward a strong offer. The beauty of these things too is listing agents don't care if you have an arm, the sellers don't care, they're getting the money regardless. So it doesn't affect your ability to put in a strong offer. Nick, anything you have on that note where you have clients, whether that be sellers or buyers, having questions about arms? Not necessarily arms, but I'll stick to that borrowing power and how interest rates affect that. And that is a little food for thought for everybody out there, the one to 10% rule. So for every 1%, interest rates fluctuate. So let's look at interest rates rise 1%. If I qualified for a loan, no problem, based on my income for 500000 If interest rates rise 1%, that's negatively going to affect my borrowing power by 10%. So what does that mean? Dollar world, that's 50 grand. So a loan that I could afford the monthly payment for at 500000 if interest rates bump from 4% to 5%, I'm now comfortable with that same monthly payment to look at a house and only able to borrow 450000 But the reverse also is true. So if interest rates are currently at 5%, if I was comfortable at that 500,000 mark and interest rates dropped a full percent, now I can look at borrowing up to 550,000. So that's the one to 10% rule. It's not an exact number, but it's a very realistic round off number that you can run through any dollar amount. The percentages will always fluctuate accordingly for dollar values. So something to be mindful of when you're looking to borrow money and interest rates are fluctuating, you're like, wait, what does that mean? How much is that going to affect me? Figure one to 10%. Really good points. If you have any questions about these, because these arms, balloons, they're all weird things that unless you're dealing with them on a daily basis, millions of questions, millions of different ways that you can go with them. Is it the best for me? Who knows? Feel free to reach out to me or comment below. Gladly answer any questions that any of y'all have. That's all that we have for this week's Real Estate Roundup. Thanks for joining us as always. And don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and follow us so that you know when the next episode of Beyond Real Estate with Jalik is up. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you here next week. Want to see, hear, or listen to more of Nick's take on the California real estate market? Check out my links below. Also, check out the links below for more information on products, books, or references made in this podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share.